COVID definitely cemented, um, you know, the need for people to, you know, spend more time at home with their families, with their loved ones, you know, like just balancing more of, you know, what's important in life as well, as opposed to really just being a workaholic a lot of the time. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. It's hard to fathom, but it's been almost two years since we last caught up with Sharon Saloum, who at the time was running award-winning Almond Bar and Three Tomatoes Cafe with her sister. So much has changed for so many since 2020, including Sharon. Sharon, how are you going? I'm very well, Anthony. How are you? I'm good. I can't believe that it's, you know, almost two years since we had a chat and so much has changed uh, in, for you. Um, what's life like at the moment? Um, it's It feels very cruisy, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I feel like an imposter chef sometimes because uh, it's almost, it's almost um, too nice in some ways. Wow. Well, tell us a bit about what, what you're doing. Uh, so basically, I, ha- I have one job now instead of two, um, but, but I also have an almost one-year-old at home. Um, so, you know, there's lots of, lots of fun at home, which is kind of nice. And um, yeah, we, we are focusing solely on the cafe at this stage. Um, yeah, so that, that's been really, really nice doing that. So daytime work, uh, you know, eating at normal hours, um, you know, coming home at normal hours, having probably a healthier diet and a healthier lifestyle overall, really. What's it like having this existence that wasn't your existence previously, that sort of nine to five, almost normal sort of uh, job? It's, look, it's, I mean, I, I love it. Um, and there's, it's, I feel like, you know, after doing 14 years of, you know, dedicating so much of myself and my life to um, the restaurant, it's kind of, it's still, you know, I feel like some days I'm still trying to adjust to the change. Uh, it's It's been a year, almost a year now since we closed the restaurant. Um, and yeah, and, and I just feel, yeah, there's still some days where I look out the window because I could see the Anzac Bridge from, from our place and I look out the window and I, I just think, you know, on a Saturday night and I'm like, you know, I would never, it was never standing somewhere looking outside a window on a Saturday night. It was a pass, you know. You mentioned it's been a year since uh, closing Almond Bar. It made such an amazing impact and was a, such a huge part of your life and, and all the people that dined there as well. Take us back to that time and that decision and um, of, of closing it. Uh, well, look, it was, it was kind of – it was bittersweet in many ways. Um, you know, it was sad because we couldn't kind of have a proper farewell. The lockdown had just started, you know, uh, two weeks prior to us closing. Um, you know, and so we, we had to do takeaway, I think for the last week or two. Um, and it was, it was kind of sad in that way that, you know, we had put so much of our, you know, literally sweat and tears. I'm not going to say blood cause you know, there wasn't any blood, but there was definitely sweat and tears, um, you know, into it and, you know, to, to kind of just go, okay, we're, we're closing the doors and that's it. Not being able to kind of say bye properly was, was a bit sad, uh, but, you know, it was it was something that we we know was a, a good decision to make at a good time. Um, you know, and I think in so many ways we're kind of lucky that we did it at that time. Um, you know, because I think with that last lockdown, a lot of restaurants really suffered to to kind of get through that period. It was really really hard. You know, it was three months, and um, you know, and so many people just kind of yeah, it was a, it was a real struggle. I think that that last lockdown, and and um, you know, I'm kind of. We, we feel like we're blessed that we decided to do it. 
to do it when we did, um, you know. And, yeah, having having Armour Bar really was our whole life and, um, you know, as, as the cafe is. But, yeah, the, a restaurant, I think, just just you, you've got to give it so much more of yourself, um, you know, creatively and physically and emotionally and, you know, psychologically. You know, it's a cafe you kind of come in in the morning and, you know, you're there till the afternoon and, and you go home. And in a little bit of a way, you can kind of switch off a bit, but a restaurant is you wake up in the morning and it's on, you know. You're just you're on from morning till night and it's like that every day that you're open, um, you know, so you do put a lot of yourself into it. So, you know, letting go of that, that um, you know, responsibility was is kind of good in a way uh, and we, we knew it was a good time to do it. Almond Bar opened the door for so many people to Syrian cuisine and, and your take on it as well. Um, do you have any fond memories or stories from, from that time um, looking back at your experiences with Almond Bar? Yeah, look, there's, there's many, many, Anthony. Like, I think, you know, like I've, I've had, we had such um, amazing opportunities that came up for us at, at that restaurant um, at the restaurant and, you know, it was just, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. You know, like I think there was, there were quite a few things. Obviously one, one big one was, you know, being able to publish the one and only Syrian cookbook in Australia <laughs> was, it was a big thing, you know, and being able to write Syrian recipes on there. Um, that was nice, uh, doing that, you know, having that opportunity, um, going to Denmark for the Copenhagen food festival a few years ago. That was really cool being able to do that and going to the mad, um, symposium, um, as well, you know, and seeing lots of Aussie chefs there too and, um, you know, and, and being around that and, you know, meeting lots of people through the restaurant. Um, you know, we, we'd have some really cool people come through and a lot of guys from the industry came through and, um, you know, and it's funny, there were a couple of guys that came to the cafe the other day that have been quite successful with, you know, kind of promoting Middle Eastern food and, and stuff um, recently and, and they came to the cafe and they were like, you know, you and your sister really opened the doors for us and, you know, really paved the way and started, you know, and it's nice to hear that because you don't really think about, you know, having that effect on people or, you know, kind of creating that. Um, and that's what we wanted to do. We really wanted to change people's conception of, of Middle Eastern cuisine and really, you know, gain a respect and a love for it that, that we kind of felt was missing um, as we were growing up. So, you know, to kind of hear and see, you know, that from people and, you know, and how Middle East cuisine has changed. There's so many Middle Eastern restaurants now. It's unbelievable, you know, and so, like, you know, some that are quite fine dining and, and really beautiful and, you know, and that's just, it's, yeah, makes me feel proud and, and happy that, you know, we, we were able to be a part of that too. As you mentioned a bit earlier, you've become a parent as well since we last caught up. Well, <laughs> what's that been like? <laughs> Look, it's it's a as you know, Anthony. It's it's amazing. It's nonstop, you know. Um, but it's so much fun, you know. I I probably get um the easier part of the stick as opposed to my partners who who my partner is home um full time, um. So you know, and I'm at work full time. So I go, I come home and it's all fun and games for a couple of hours um before she goes to bed. But um you know we do dinner. I have her sitting in the kitchen with me now when in her high chair and I basically like feed her as I cook for her. And it's just, you know, I love it. I love sharing that with her. And, you know, I tell her she's got her own little chef's table in the kitchen and, uh, you know, that's fine. And she loves food, which is excellent. Um, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It's great. 
Three Tomatoes is a, a real hidden gem in the suburbs of Sydney. Has it changed um, since you've been able to give all of your attention to it? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's lots of things that have changed. I've um, been able to kind of create more um, here, you know, as opposed to feeling like a bit stretched between two places. And, um, you know, you, you can only stretch your creativity so wide as well and um you know carol and i um we were both you know really we're both really the type of people that w- want to work in our businesses um not just on them like we she does a lot of work on the business and i i try and do a lot of work in the business as well um but you know we yeah we're really hands-on and really you know try and keep it that way because um, we think it's really important to put you know our our kind of touch and our love for it in there and I think people see that too and, and our customers see that but yeah it's it's definitely been different um, you know since we've been able to be here full time as well. Is there more of um, a Syrian um, offering there now that you're there full time? Yeah definitely <laughs> it's funny we <laughs> we kind of we tried to keep it mixed for so long and then I was just you know and then I just started noticing every time I would put you know like a Middle Eastern dish on the menu or a Middle Eastern special on or something different or you know it just it did so much better, you know, um, than trying to do something else, um, you know. And so, yeah, it's made me realise that I, I should, you know, should probably stick to, you know, what, what people know us for and, um, you know, and create more of that stuff. But, you know, and, and being able to do the things that we grew up with, you know, that my mum did as we were growing up, you know, like doing the olives and selling those and making, you know, pickled eggplant and all the pickles and stuff that we would make, you know, growing up with mum and, you know, being able to, to make all of those and offer those to people and, you know, and, yeah, having that, you know, um, available is, is nice. And I think, yeah, like I said, I, you know, I tried to do a mix, but, yeah, at the end of the day it was, you know, the Middle East and stuff that, that seems to go better, I think. How do you feel about um – you know, you, you came from a world of restaurants and you've, you have just the cafe now and you've got such a different work-life balance. Do you, do you see yourself going back into that restaurant world and working nights or is, you know, what do, what sort of path are you on? Well, it's funny you say that because we, we actually um, applied for our liquor license recently at the cafe and got it. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. And so we, um, we're actually doing a pop-up dinner on the 2nd of July here and um, – it sold out within two hours. So within two hours, we had out completely. <laughs> it's kind of because Carol and I said, you know, we're like, I said to you, you know, there's something about the nights that I miss, you know, just the service and the different style of food and, you know, um, and she said, yeah, I miss, I miss, you know, the rush of it and, and all that kind of thing. And so we went, okay, let's, let's do a, let's apply for a liquor license and, and do a, you know, a, a pop-up dinner, pop-up dinners and, so yeah, um, yeah, so slowly getting back into it. Not not every night, not every week, but here and there, we'll we'll definitely do it because I think there are elements of it that um, that we love. You know, like the the creativity that you kind of reflect on a menu in in a cafe is very different to to a restaurant. You know, and people's expectations in a cafe is very different. You know, what someone's eating for breakfast and lunch is going to be very different to what they want at a sit down restaurant for dinner and. Um, you know, and it's nice to be able to really like pull out a lot of ingredients that I wouldn't normally use, obviously on a on a breakfast and lunch menu, and then to be able to do that for dinner is yeah, it's nice. I've been I've been slowly getting to the menu. I'm a bit nervous, but yeah. Both <laughs> uh, both almond bar and three tomatoes sort of were hubs of the community, but in in different ways. Uh, do you, do you feel a different 
it's being in the sort of suburbs as opposed to when you're in Darlinghurst with Armabar? Yeah, it's it's absolutely very, very different. I mean, um, you know, we, we grew up in the suburbs and so this is this is normal to us. Um, you know, being here, it feels a lot like home, I guess. Um, in Darlinghurst, it's, you know, it's so close to the city and it's, so you know, so full on and crazy and you still meet a lot of people. You know, like I still went and catered a... Um, a job for a customer that, as a customer of ours from from Almond Bar on the weekend, I went and did a job at their place. Um, you know, so we still have the connections there, and you know, still keep in touch with with our customers from there. Um, you know, a lot of them, and a few, quite a few of them have come to the cafe as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a difference. But we always try to create community at the restaurant. Um, you know, by having the the big Syrian barbecue and. Um, you know, events and functions on that the community could kind of come together for as as well. Um, unfortunately, COVID kind of ruined a bit of that. Um, you know, but yeah, it's it's also different at the cafe because you're seeing people every day. You know, you get to know them, their families, when they're going away, their kids, what schools they go to. You know, like you get to know everything about them because these are people that you see every single day of the week as well. The last couple of years have been an absolute whirlwind and you've had so many changes as well. Has it changed your approach to hospitality or what you want to get out of your career? Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, I think I think for a lot of um, people in the industry, it's, it's made them realise that, you know, we definitely, I think the last few years, Anthony, the, the industry has realised that there needs to be more of a work-life balance. You know, you constantly hear of like, you know, tragedies with chefs and, you know, hospitality um you know, restaurant owners and stuff where it's, it's quite full on. It's an, you know, a massive effect on your mental health and your physical health. And, um, it can be such an unhealthy lifestyle in, you know, so many ways. And, you know, but I think COVID definitely cemented, um, you know, the need for people to, you know, spend more time at home with their families, with their loved ones, you know, like just balancing more of, you know, what's important in life as well as opposed to really just being a workaholic a lot of the time. And, you know, I think having a child is what definitely did that for me as well. You you know, I was absolutely obsessed with my work and as most chefs are, I think. Um, you know, but, yeah, as, as soon as Zofia came out, I was just like, that's it. My whole life just turned around and, you know, it's like you, you – look forward you're so excited to go home and you're so like you know you just yeah it just changes a lot for you as well it's really exciting to hear that you'll be doing uh, that dinner in in july what, what are you looking forward to when that time comes to cook at night in a restaurant style again um it look it'll be it'll be interesting because we're doing two sittings and the first sitting will will kind of have a family friendly menu as well so it'll be interesting to see how i can kind of adjust I haven't done a family-friendly menu for dinner before. I do it for for lunch and breakfast all the time. It's not a problem. Uh, so it'll be interesting to kind of see that. And it's funny, you know, because we, you know, like I've, I've got a child, my, you know, I've got lots of nieces and nephews and, you know, so I kind of am going off what they eat as well, what mum them, I guess, is, as the way to kind of go. But I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of challenging myself and then seeing how people, you know, in the suburbs will will be with, with that food, you know. And um, because I felt like in, in Darlinghurst I could go a bit nuts, um, you know, and not worry. And, you know, as much as there was like many dietary, a lot more dietary requirements in the city uh, closer to town um, than there are in the suburbs, you know, there's still – 
like yeah, it's just just different, you know. And so it'll be interesting to see how everyone kind of reacts to, to the flavors and the ingredients and and the way I use them and stuff as well. Well, Sharon, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you again, and it's so good to hear the incredible life work balance that you've been able to um, to capture. Um, please keep in touch, and we'd love to catch up again soon. Thanks, Anthony. We'll do. Thanks for having me. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>